Hello, everybody. Good to Arab Shabbos. Today is Tasvav Elul. We're in Parshat Kitavay, and we are really excited to learn. So let's give some tzedakah. And, Mr. Shapiro, let's go. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ati. Okay, we are going to be continuing to follow the schedule of Project Lekutei Sichais, and so we are learning Chele Chavdalid, the first Parshas Kisavai Sicha and Chele Chavdalid, and it starts on page 157. Now, really, the ideal way to do the Sicha is if you have a Chomish open in front of you, because the Rebbe is going to be comparing two Psukim, back and forth and back and forth, and it really only makes sense if you actually see the psukim in front of you. So if you could grab a chitas or look up one of those daily study things on your phone or whatever it is and check out the chitas for this past Tuesday, Parachavav of Parshas Kisavai, Psukim Yudchas and Yutes. Those are the two psukim that we're going to be comparing, and it just makes it so much easier if you have it in front of them. So I'm going to start first by reading those two psukim, and then we're going to dive into comparing them. So, very special psukim. Hashem Hashem has spoken about you today, and, and this speaking about you um, sets you aside or distinguishes you. To be for him, a treasured people. Like he said about you, or to you, to keep all of his mitzvahs. And to keep all of his mitzvahs. That's Pasuk Yudchas. Pasuk Yudchas says, And he's going to make you above all the nations, Asher Asa, that he has made. And there, you're going to be greater than them in a few ways. You're going to be praised, you're going to have a, a well-known name, and you're going to have this glory about you. And you are going to be a holy nation for Hashem your God, as he spoke. So <clears throat> the Rebbe is going to analyze these two psukim. In the first pasuk, we see that the Yidin are being described as an Am Segula, a treasured people. In the second pasuk, they're being called an Am Kadesh, a holy nation. In the first Pasuk, the Pasuk concludes with a, a message of to keep all of your mitzvahs. In the second Pasuk, we also see some sort of mention of being greater than the other nations around you, like something unique about the Jewish people being greater than the other nations around them. And there it goes back and forth, including analyzing the Rashis on these Pesukim. And the basic point that the Rebbe is going to get to is if you take a look, there's this set of words that's used both in Pasuk Yudches and in, in Pasuk Yudches, but there's a very big difference between them. In Pasuk Yudches, all of this is going back to, is being based on earlier statements that the Abishter made to the Jewish people. So in both Pesukim, both in Yudches and Yudches, it says, Ka'asher diber, like Hashem already spoke. And Rashi brings the earlier sources of where the Abishter already spoke about each of these topics. So for Pasuk Yudches, Rashi brings where the Abishter mentioned that the Yidin are an Amskula, that they're a treasured nation. And for Pasuk Yudches, Rashi brings where the Yidin were called an Amkadesh, where they were called a holy nation. What's the difference between the way it's written in Pasuk Yudches and the way, it's written, the way it's written in Pasuk Yudches? Can anyone see it, for those of you that are looking at the Pesukim in front of you? There's one word that Pasuk Yudches has that Pasuk Yudches does not have. And I'm not going to wait for you to all to unmute yourselves and shout it out, but it probably jumped out at you if you were looking at the Pasuk, and that is the word lach. 
In Pasuk Yutches, it says, Ka'asher diber lach. And in Pasuk Yutches, it does not have the word lach. It just says, Ka'asher diber. What's the difference between Ka'asher diber lach and Ka'asher diber? So we have already another place where Rashi spoke about this. And Rashi said that anytime the word lach is right next to the word diber, it means that the way to understand the Pasuk is diber lach means what was spoken on your behalf or about you. In other words, in Pasuk Yutches, the Yidin are sort of like a passive role. Hashem is doing this for them. Hashem is making them into a treasured people. And Kasher Dibalach, this is being spoken about you. Now, as a result of what's being spoken about you, the Lishmer, we end off that the Abish are designating you as this Amsagula, as this treasured people, enables you or gives you <coughs> the ability or is tied to your ability of being able to, the Lishmer, of being able to keep all of the Abishter's mitzvahs. But in Yudchas, the Abishter is the one taking the lead, <coughs> and the designation as an Amsagula is happening to the Yidin. In Pasigites, it does not have the word Lach, because in Pasigites, it's actually a command. The Yidin are being commanded to be a nation that is holy, to act differently than all the other nations around them, to acquire for themselves this, this um, tehila, shame, teferes, this praise, this, this you know, great name, this majesty that they have because they act differently than the nations around them. And the words kasher diber, like Hashem has spoken, is not just Hashem has spoken about you, but that Hashem is speaking to you. This is a command to the Yidin that they must live in a way that is higher and greater and more holy than any of the nations around them. So again, Pasuk Yudches implies it's being done to the Yidin. Pasuk Yudches implies more commands where the Yidin are the ones who have to like, sort of step up into this position. And so this is what the Rebbe is going to now analyze. First, the Rebbe does the whole Rashi back and forth, asking questions about the two Rashis, comparing them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm going to skip all of that because this is a very long sicha, and I'm going to go straight to where the Rebbe starts to discuss it. The Pnimiyas Hanyanim. What is the difference between Pasiket Ches and Pasiket Tes? What is the difference between the way the Yidden are designated as a treasured nation versus the way the Yidden are being commanded to be an Am Kadesh, to be a holy nation? And again, we see that even in the command the Abishter still places them in a position that's higher than the other nations around them. So there still has to be something like unique and special um, included in that command. So to appreciate this, we're going to first analyze Pasuk Yitches. We're going to first analyze what does it mean that Yidin are designated to be the Abishter's Am Segula, are designated to be, <clears throat> for Hashem, a treasured nation. And where are we going to appreciate this from? So... This is not the first time, as the Pasuk tells us, so this is not the first time that the Abish is telling the Yid in this. By Matan Taira and Parshish Yisrael, there's a Pasuk that Rashi brings, you know, um, in his parish on Pasuk Yitches, the Hayisem Li Segula, you shall be for me as a treasured nation. And there Rashi explains as follows. So let's read it together in Ice Tess on page 162. We're going to read the Rashi that is brought in Parshas Yisrael the first time that the Yidin are called Hashem's treasured nation. Beginning to read from Ice Tess on page 162. The Abishtar has said about you today or has designated you today to be for him a treasured nation. So Rashi brings the Pasuk, the Hayisem Li Skula, Rashi brings the earlier Pasuk from Parshas Yisrael where the Abishtar told the Yidin Bamatan Taira, you will be for me as a treasure. And what does Rashi say there? Aitzer Chaviv, the Yidin are compared to this beloved treasure, Kamai Uskulas Malachim, like the treasures of kings. 
Now, what happens with the treasures of kings? So Rashi describes as follows. You have clay yucker, bavanim taivais. You have these very precious vessels. You have these precious stones. And what do the kings do with them? Shahamalachim goinzim aisam. And the kings hide. They hide away. They store these treasures in a hidden place. Kach, so too is it with the Jewish people. Atem tiyuli skula, mishar umais. You are going to be for me that type of treasure in contrast to the rest of the nations. So now we're going to delve into this mushal. What's the mushal that's being used to describe the unique role that the Jewish people have? In what way are the Jewish people Hashem's treasure? They are similar to the treasures of kings that get hidden away, you know, in some sort of vault, in some sort of special, you know, place that it's kept, usually somewhere deep down in the depths of the of the castle, whatever it might be. Now, because this is a muscle that's brought to us in Tyra, the muscle itself is telling us something very, very important. When we bow, this dust is a muscle, thus Tyra, Gitavidin, is Muvan as Eris Patachlis Since this is the muscle of Tyra, the details of the muscle are very specific. So we have to understand, Darfman Farstein, Vas is Dito Eles, von die Klei Yakar Vavanam Tyra, is Beshas Gainzemaisam. Zezainam Behalten and Farbergen. What's the point? of having treasures, if you hide them, they're hidden somewhere, they're locked up far away. What's the point of it? If you have a treasure, like the Rebbe continues in the next paragraph, if you have a treasure, you have a beautiful stone, you place it in the center of the king's crown, you put it onto the king's special ring, you know, it's displayed that everybody can then go on to see the glory of the king, the greatness of the king, or you can use that stone to buy supplies on behalf of the kingdom, Okay, then the king's treasures have purpose. But what is the reason why a king would have treasures that he does not display? He keeps them always locked up and locked away. And the Rebbe actually mentions here the famous piece that was originally bought by the Fritigreb and the Mimer of Basilagani that sometimes under very, very, very unusual circumstances, if there's a, a battle that's being fought and the nation is running out of supplies, the king will go down into this you know, treasure room, the one that no one ever goes into, and he takes out treasures that have been part of the royal family for generations, and he takes them out, and he's mevazvez the Eitzreis. And he wastes the treasures in order to be able to resupply his army and give them things that they need. Now, that muscle of the free degrepa sort of emphasizes, again, like Mavazves, it's not the norm. It's not the regular way for the king to use his hidden treasures in that kind of way. The norm for a king when it comes to his hidden treasures is to keep them hidden. And so the question is why? What's the purpose of why a king would have a whole treasure room that he does nothing with? With He just keeps it there. He doesn't take it out. He doesn't use it to display. He doesn't use it to express his greatness. He doesn't use it to support his kingdom. It just stays in this treasure vault. And the Rebbe basically goes on to explain that there's two different reasons, two different forms of why it would be worthy for a king to have a treasure. One is that more obviously useful form. The king uses that treasure to display, to support, to sponsor, whatever it is that he needs to do with something you know, precious that he has. That's not what's being described here. What's being described here, what's the point of the hidden treasures? The point of the hidden treasures is he's a king, and kings have hidden treasures. It's just part of the king's identity that he's meant to have hidden treasures. And the only thing he ever, ever does with it is sit in his beautiful room with his beautiful treasures all around him and just enjoy the fact that they're there. He doesn't use them. He doesn't display them. He doesn't spend them. It's just part of 
kinghood, if there's such a word, right? Kingship. In other words, part of being a king, part of being a melech, is that he has these treasures. So we have a very strong distinction here. The one type of treasure is a treasure that has a purpose, it has a use. The second type of treasure is just the fact that it, that it exists. It just is. And because it just is, it represents or it's tied to the you know, the kingship, the melucha of the king, the greatness of the king. And the only thing the king does with it is he's like, the expression is he's mishashaya. He, he plays with it. He enjoys, he enjoys the, you know, interacting with his treasures, but that's it. So now let's take that back to the Jewish people. Go to page 163 in the second column. This is what it means that the yidin are Hashem's treasure, that the yidin are an oitzer chaviv. The etzim metzias van ayidin is hecher afilu van dem vas durch zei dart neskalam alchusius barach ba'ilam. One purpose of yidin is the fact that they express Hashem's greatness in the world. Durch avedasa b'tayra mitzvays through doing their avedah of tayra mitzvays, they are like the the jewel that sits on a king's crown. They're like the jewel that sits on a king's signet ring. They're like the jewel that the king is able to spend to make his his kingdom great. They express Hashem's greatness in the world. But then there's something deeper than that. There's another way that the Eden are Hashem's precious treasure. And in that way, their tachlis is, their only purpose is to be, to exist. Just the fact that they are. Yidin are one with Hashem's essence. Under Ebeshter is ich mishtasheya mit Yidin, via Melach, was hat Tainuk von seinen Eitzreis, Hagnusim und Nachmer. So the king sits and just enjoys the fact that he has these treasures. The Ebeshter takes pleasure in the existence of the Jewish people. So now we can see what does it mean that the Pasuk is telling us that the Yidin are a unique nation. The biggest way that the Yidin are a unique nation is that everything else in this world is created with a purpose, is created with a function that they have here to do in this world. Um, recently over the summer, I took my kids to see one of these like ecosystem displays at the Science Center. And the main point that they emphasize again and again and again is that in our fascinating world, which we know is Hashem's incredible creation, everything gets created with a purpose. This feeds into that. This accomplishes this. This accomplishes that. And of course, human beings accomplish the most of all. Right? So every person in this world was given a task, was given a job to do in this world. And their greatness, the way that they express their greatness, the way that they express their, their purpose is by fulfilling that task, is by carrying out their mission here in this world. Right? Like Lashevis Yitzra, to create a world that functions and is taken care of, following the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Nayach, etc., etc. What's different about the greatness of a Yid? The greatness of a Yid is just the fact that he exists. He just is. Just the fact that he is, that is in and of itself his purpose. And that's the message of Pasuk Yudches. The message of Pasuk Yudches is emphasizing, you are a nation of skula. Hashem makes you into a nation that from your very creation, you're not created to do something, you're created to be. And just by being, you have that identity of being connected to the Abishter, and Hashem is Mishtasheya, Hashem enjoys just the fact that you exist. That already makes you something special. Now, then we're going to get to like the second level. So let's jump to the second level, to Pasuk Yates. <coughs> let's go to Aisyad Bays, on the bottom of page 164. And this is the difference between Pasuk Yates and Pasuk Yates. In Pasuk Yates it says, Vahashem Hashem her mircha v'gaymer liya is leila am skula. 
In Pasuk Yotas it says, So in both Pesukim, the greatness of Yidin is being highlighted. In the first Pasuk, it's the fact that Yidin are Hashem's hidden treasure. Their greatness is just the fact that they exist. In the second Pasuk, it also says, that you're going to be made greater than the other nations around you. But it's going to be different. Let's see the difference between them. Continuing on the top of page 165. In the ersten pasuk, vetzich vegen der meile von Yidin mit welcher sie seinen in ganzen uisgeteilt von Umasailam. The first pasuk, pasuk Yudches, is emphasizing the way that we're in an utterly different category than the nations around us. We are not a treasure with purpose. We are a treasure just because of our existence. La'am skula eitzer chaviv. As Yidin sein in ganus batzmusi esbarach, we are, so to speak, hidden in the very essence of Hashem, Now, where do we see that expressed? So if you remember, the end of Pasuk Yudches concluded with the words, And because we have this unique relationship with the Ebeshter, that we're so tied to Hashem, we are therefore able to keep all of Hashem's mitzvahs. What's the emphasis of all of Hashem's mitzvahs? The nations of the world are given seven mitzvahs, because they're given a job they're given a mission. They're given a job description. You are here to do these seven mitzvahs. With Yidin, it's not like that. Yidin are Hashem. Hashem is so connected to Yidin. And therefore, Velishmar kol mitzvahsav. That's why we're able to do every one of Hashem's desires in this world. Because we're so deeply connected to Hashem. So, what's so fascinating here is that the first Pasuk is a Pasuk that Hashem does to us, right? Hashem creates us in such a way that we are a very unique definition. We're not separate from Hashem. We're one with Hashem. Just our very being is enough. And then what happens because of that very being? We're then able to go on and do all the mitzvahs. Because we're so connected to the Abishtar, we're therefore open to being able to pursue every one of Hashem's desires here in this world. So although Pasuk Yudchas seemed to be a, a passive Pasuk, it actually goes on to empower us in ways that are the greatest of all. We're then able to go on and be so connected to the Abishtar that we do all of his will. What's going to be different about the second Pasuk? Take a look towards the bottom of the first column of page 165. In what way are we higher than the other nations, are we elevated than the other nations? So in this way, Now let's talk about the second way that Yidin function. In the first way, we're talking about our core identity. We have a neshama that's absolutely one with Hashem. But then that neshama comes down into this world, right? Ata barasa, ata yitzarta, ata nafachtabi. The Ebeshar takes that pure neshama, forms a body together with it, and blows the neshama to come live in that body. What about when we're down here in this world? As demot Even in that form, where we're down here functioning just like everybody else, even then we're meant to function in ways that are greater than the other nations around us. We have to remember that we are the purpose of creation. Our actions, our mitzvahs, our goal in this world is the purpose for everything else in this world. 
And all the Nevi'im, all the Hagayim, Zayin and Tzilib Zay are here to enable us to do the things that we need to do in this world. This is something that is very strongly emphasized when Mashiach comes. The Haftarahs that we're reading these weeks, the Haftarahs of Nechama, constantly emphasize this point that we have to realize our purpose in this world. We have an important function that we need to be doing in this world, and the rest of the world is there to assist us, to enable us, to empower us, and being able to carry out that function. And it just gives a whole different way of viewing anything that's happening in the world around us. We have to remember that we are the ones who are able to bring the function of the world to its purpose. And without us doing our job, then there's no purpose to what anything else, to, to what any other creation is doing. And thus is Azah Yisrael Amayla from Yidin, Valchaz Be'erech Azgayim Zalan Kenem Mesig Zayin, Unter Herin, the Am Yisrael is Elyon Akalagayim. And to what extent should Yidin be in this, like, elevated place of recognizing their mission, of recognizing their purpose in this world, it has to be to such an extent that the nations around them can sense that Yidin have a higher purpose, that Yidin have a higher mission. And that's why, if you remember, go back into the Pasuk. What, the, what does the Pasuk describe? L'tehila, l'shem, or l'teferes. The way you function down here in this world has to be so obviously mission-oriented that the nations around you praise you for it, you're known for it, the Luciferus, and there's a glory about you because of the way you live your life as a Jew. Um, and the most powerful way that this is going to be expressed is when you choose to live as a holy nation. What does it mean to choose to live as a holy nation? To specifically take those parts of your life that are identical to the other functions of all the other people around you. The Hayisam Li Kedashim, and you choose to live differently. You choose to take those same exact functions and you do it in a holy way. The most physical things that you're doing, the way you run your business, the way you live your family life, the way you interact with Gashmias in this world is the same and yet so different. Superficially, we do it just like everybody else around us. But in truth, we are a holy nation. We're here to do it in Hashem's way. This is Mudgash and Dehemshah Hakasaf as Rashi brings that up, the Hayisim Li Kadeshim, the Avdil Eschem and Ha'amim Li Yisli. And that's why when Rashi brings a Pasuk to show the source of where this Pasuk is based on, he specifically emphasizes one that, that brings out how we are unique and different from the nations around us. In other words, all those things that we seem to do just like everybody else, we don't do nothing like everybody else. We always have to make sure that we're doing it in a very special and unique way, that we have the mark of a yid in the way that we do things. Um, someone just shared with me a story. I'll, I'll uh, share the source. My friend um, Danielle Four shared with me the story about her brother-in-law. I hope I'm going to get the details right. His name is Keithy Bernhard. And um, his job is that he is an inspirational speaker. And he was on some sort of, I'm not sure exactly what the program is, but whatever it is, some sort of like um, speakers bureau that will set you up with different places that are looking for speakers. And they, they got him a job to speak for a Microsoft convention which is obviously a very big gig. Microsoft is a huge company. And you know, he signed on for it based on what this company set him up with, and he was supposed to speak. And then when he took a look at the schedule in more detail and he realized what he had signed up for, he realized that he was scheduled to speak on Shabbos. So he let them know, I'm so sorry, but I need to pull out of my commitment, and I'm not going to be able to keep this gig. And um, 
I think the vice president of Microsoft called him and put a lot of pressure on him, like, come on, you've got to do it. What's the big deal? Just, just come and talk. And just like, could not understand how he could be holding out on not doing the speech just because of Shabbos. And he just kept reiterating again, you know, I'm sorry, I'm from Yid, and this is not something that I'm doing. And finally, the guy threw out the one language that everybody in the world understands, and that's the language of money. And he said to him, I'm going to send you a blank check signed for Microsoft, and you can fill in any number you want and you know, come and speak for us. And he obviously turned him down and would not come to speak on Chavez. And they were just amazed by it, and they bent to him, and they actually changed the whole program to Sunday in order for him to be able to come and be the speaker. And so he came, he did his thing. Anyway, time passed. I'm not sure if he met the guy again, or in some way he ended up interacting once again with this vice president. And the vice president said to him, I need to share with you what happened with this whole story um, when I had a conversation with Bill Gates. He said, Bill Gates asked me, why did you move the date of the convention? It was supposed to be on Saturday, and I was going to come. And then I wasn't able to make it because you pushed it off to Sunday. What happened over here? So he tells him what happened. You know, we hired this motivational speaker, and he was supposed to come speak, and then it turned out that he's a religious Jew, and he can't speak on Saturday, so we had to move it to Sunday. And Bill Gates says to him, please, you should have thrown a little bit of money at him. You know, then you could have kept the original schedule of the program. He says, we, we threw a lot of money at him, and nothing doing. He would not give in. And the expression that Bill Gates used, at least this is the way I heard the story told, is he said, like, wow, to have something in this world that you cannot buy for money, that is an incredible thing. And so that's what it means that we can live down here in this world, and we are l'shem, l'tehila, l'shem, l'tefaris, that the nations around us look at us and say, wow, they have something so precious that cannot be purchased for money. And that is our second level of how we are Hashem's unique nation. So just to sum up what we have so far, Pasuket and Pasuket are both talking about the unique relationship of the Abishar and the Jewish people. In Pasuket we are special just because we are, just because we exist, like that treasure that's hidden away, and our ability to then go on and do all of Hashem's mitzvahs is, is natural to us. It's because we're so connected to Hashem, and therefore we're naturally not given a specific job. We're just in tune with every one of Hashem's desires. Then we have Pasiketes. Pasiketes is once we're not so in tune with our source, we're down here in this world, living in the physical world with the physical body, just like the nations around us, and still we do things as an Am Kadesh, we do things as a holy nation, because this is the way that Abishar empowered us to be, and it's so obvious, it's so clear that the rest of the world stands back and knows us, and we're famous for the name that we have, that we live in a different and a unique type of way. What's the Haira? Let's go to Ayesid Gimel. Learning these pieces gives us a push, gives us an inspiration and our love for our fellow Jew and how much we have to be devoted to interacting and supporting and involving our second Jew. What did we say about the first, about Pasuk Ches? It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're performing, if you're showing godliness out to the world. Just by existing, you are Hashem's treasure. Hashem gets pleasure from you just by the fact that you are a Yid and you exist. And therefore, that is something, every Jew has that aspect to him. 
In Velcha Matzav, a Yid Gefinzich, Bekechesav HaGuliyim, it doesn't matter what he might be doing on the outside, is our Alamo Mitzad Etza Mitziyusei Legamri Mufrash Ma'ame Haaretz. His very essence designates him in a whole other category than any other human being around him. Zayin Dik Neitzer Matai Masiyadali Aspire. He is one with the Abishtar, like we say in the Pasuk at the end of this week's Haftarah. That's why we are eternal, because we are one with Hashem. When a Matthias von Olaba Machshava, and the Magid tells us that Yidin came up in the thoughts of Hashem before Hashem spoke about the rest of creation. So all other creations are brought into being by speech. We are part of Hashem's Machshava. We are so one with Hashem that we're part of the Abishar's Machshava. And therefore, what is my job here in this world? I look around me. I have to see each Yid as Hashem's precious treasure just by the fact that he exists. And now, what is my job? Okay, now let me bring out that person's greatness. Let me bring out his essential worth that he has just by being the Abishter's treasure and help you know, have that be something that gets expressed. And of course, by Shkachapratis, Parshish Kisavai, with these psukim, about the greatness of the Yidin, always falls very close to Chayelo. Because what is the primary theme of the Baal Shem Tev and the Alter Rebbe? What do they empower us to do? What do they give us the ability to do? To view every Yid through this lens. To be devoted with Avas Yisrael to every single Yid. To be given that Kayach, that we can help another Yid first of all, recognize his greatness of Pasuk Yudches, that he is Hashem's treasure, and therefore, Lishmar Kol Mitzvah, he can keep all of Hashem's Mitzvah. And number two, that down here in this world, even in those areas of his life that seem to be just like the nations around him, he can shine, he can be outstanding, and he can be an Am Kadesh, a nation that is you know, moved those separate from any of the Gaishkeit that might be going on around him. Even Gai Asher Bekir even that voice that speaks in him, he can you know, separate himself from that. And of course, all of this ties so beautifully to Rosh Hashanah, because as Pasuk Yitches describes, this um, statement is being said, Hayyim. If you go back to Pasuk Yitches, you see the word Hayyim. Hayyim always refers to Rosh Hashanah. This is something that happens on Rosh Hashanah, that we crown Hashem as Melech. How do we crown Hashem as King? with both of these milas that we have. On the one hand, we crown Hashem as king because we're so essentially connected to him, because we exist in this world before the world exists. And that's why we're able to, that's why we're able to make Hashem into a melech. We're able to bring out how we are Hashem's amskula. And then from there, we also have the second Pasuk, and then we go on to live in this holy way where we're known around, you know, from everyone around us, and everyone sees that we are the purpose of creation, that everything else that was created in these six days leading up to Rosh Hashanah is only for the Yid to carry out his holy life here in this world. On Fandem, and from all of this, I'm reading the last paragraph, we come to the fulfillment of the Nevu of Yeshaya that comes into, in the Haftarah of this week's Parsha. That the Abishar is going to hurry the Geula, and it should be immediately now. So let's sum up. Going into Parshas Kisavai, we have to remember our unique identity as Yidin in two ways. Number one, we are Hashem's treasure. Just the fact that we exist makes us special. The Abishter loves us and is mishtasheya and enjoys every single Yid's existence. Number two, we have the ability functioning down here in this world, just like any other person here in this world, to know we have a unique purpose 
everything else in the world, everyone else in the world is waiting for us to rise to the occasion and fulfill that purpose. And the way we do it is by being an Am Kadesh, by making sure that all areas of life that seem to be Gashmiistic and what they call regular life are holy and unique. And, you know, we're proud to exemplify that as Yidim. And most important of all, any Yid that you interact with, you view them through this lens, love them for who they are, for that treasured neshama that they have, and help them express that treasured neshama by living this holy life as Yidin. Good job is to everyone. It should be only beautiful brachis. Thank you so, so much. Have a good job. Good job. Thank you.